This week's episode is sponsored by the Doors Open Connect app platform, designed by real estate agents for real estate agents. Are you a licensed real estate agent or broker? Download the Doors Open Connect on the Apple App Store today for free to join our growing network and community of licensed professionals and also to stand out at your next listing appointment by offering to maximize exposure to your seller's listing and even get reliable coverage on demand when you can't be there and or recruit agents under your brokerage by the new wave of lead generation software and even offer them instant paid opportunities that they could take advantage of. That's Doors Open Connect. Also, be sure to follow us at Doors Open Connect on IG and at Doors Open Connect LLC on Facebook. Good morning and hello. I'm Deshaun Robinson with the Doors Open Connect podcast and this is my co-host Ricky Haas. Say hi. How are we doing? Doing great, man. We're uh, interested. Uh, we've got an exciting guest on today. I know they all keep getting good and, and better and better, um, but uh, we've been trying to chase this gentleman down for a while. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's recap, last uh, week or so. It's been same thing as, as previous, crazy, crazy market. Yep. I wish, you know, I wish there was more inventory so we can, you know, exploit the Doors Open Connect app more and just get more agents using using the app it's so tough right now um you know with the app in open houses in general because there's nothing out there there, re- there really isn't uh, but it, it also comes down to education you know the things are going so fast especially with listings as soon as people get um get a listing they get excited they throw it on the mls they don't even think twice to maybe you know i, I if they do it on a tuesday or a when you know wednesday Usually it's under contract by Wednesday, Thursday. Um, they don't even have an opportunity to sit in open house. And, and now, unfortunately, again, without the education, letting them know like, hey, be strategic about it at least. I mean, if nothing else, um, you know, tell your sellers, hey, I'm going to wait to, pu- you know, we're going to we're going to do this um, smart. Um, I'm going to wait until um, Thursday to to post your listing. And then we're going to say, hey, look, we're not going to accept any offers until Monday. We're going to go ahead and we're going to sit um, you know, open houses Saturday and Sunday, whether you personally sit them or you have somebody sit them for you, I would recommend right now, there's never been a time like right now to get both sides of the deal. Um, but you're going to get, you know, whether it, as long as it's priced right and, uh, it's, you know, in a good location, you're going to get 20 to 30, maybe even 40 people walking through that open house that day. Um, and a lot of them unrepresented and that's where your next leads are going to come from. Um, so, you know, I know it's exciting to say, Hey, you know, just sold in one day and, you know, under contract and, you know, in two hours, it's pretty easy to do right now. Though. <laughs> it, it's very, <laughs> with, a, with over a thousand people a day and more, sometimes it seems like it's, it's super easy to do right now. And, and yeah, you should be proud of that. Cause you, you know, but at some point, um, it's going to slow down, um, you know, ride the wave while it's here. But, you and you know, know what I've been noticing a lot lately is not so much open house action on the app as it is people needing to open the doors for other people, uh, inspectors, appraisers, all kinds of different people that need the door open that, you know, might not have access to the property. I've, I've started to see people um, hire people through the app to pick up signs because they're so busy. So I've started seeing a lot more of that versus the open house stuff on the app. Absolutely. Leverage it. Um, you know, I know we have an issue in this business with, um, you know, pe- people, um, trust issues. And of course we have the accountabilities built in with that. And, and don't forget, you don't have to just accept anybody who requests um, your event um, being posted on the app. You get to vet them. You get to talk to them to make sure that they're a great fit for It's almost like I was thinking about it this morning on the drive here. It's almost like indeed, yeah. you know, people apply for your job position, then you get to pick from all the people 
that you want to um, do that job for you. But it, you know, the best part about it is you post the job, you can see exactly where it's located. You get the details of the job. Um, there's not all this back and forth. So you get to remove a lot of those, uh, you know, elements because right now time is money and, and um, it's time of, is, is of the essence and you're trying to get from one deal to the next. So, um, but yeah, man, let's jump in here. Uh, really excited to introduce our next guest. Our next guest will be one of our uh, will be our first appraiser on the podcast episode. We have with us Mr. Anthony Heinz of Appraisal Source LLC, and welcome, sir. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, joining us here. We're really excited about this episode. Yeah, you know, we're breaking we're breaking history today. First time appraiser on the podcast. I know. I and. That, you know they're they're typically behind the scenes. You know they're running from from one listing to the to the next, and uh, you hardly get to see them unless you're making a phone call to try to um, justify comps and and uh, argue different vantage you know different points. They're sort of like Batman. They're always out working, and then you never see them, and they're in their cave working on appraisals. <laughs> kind of like underwriters, uh, almost in a way. Yeah, know? but I don't like underwriters. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> well, uh, before we get into um, uh, the market and and all that, how did you? You get into uh, Southwest Florida. Are you from here originally? Yeah, I'm actually a Naples native, born okay. and raised here. Naples High School graduate. Um, yeah, I've been here my whole life. You're like one of a hundred that's from Naples. We are rare breeds, <laughs> yes. And and what uh, what inspired you to become an appraiser? Well, I've been in real estate for a while, and um, you know, growing up here, you do whatever you got to do to make ends meet. You know, I went to college for a year or two that didn't quite work out as as well as planned, and then. Um, a buddy of mine got into uh, appraising, and um, I saw that it was a, a good concrete, you know, eight to five type job. You can make your own hours type of thing. It worked out well and got into it, trained, did my apprenticeship, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, the rest is history. We, we, we formed our own business back in 2008, and, you know, at, when the market was what it was back then, so we kind of started from ground zero, so to speak, and <laughs> just been clawing our way for the last, you know, 13 years after that. And, you know, it's crazy now. Going, going back to the beginning, what did you go to college for? I went to college, <laughs> I went to college to be a doctor. I went biology okay. pre-med and I did really well in high school. And, um, I didn't go to class as much as I should when I went to college. I had a little bit more, more too much fun probably. So what kind of doctor would that have been? Well, um, I wanted to be like a, a family practitioner okay. when I was younger. So I think I wanted to do it for the right reasons then. And then when I went to school, I kind of switched it up to like kind of, all right, you know, I live in Naples, Florida. Let's do dermatology because that sounds more lucrative. And I kind of got the wrong reasons to be a doctor compared to what I was when I was younger. And uh, yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah. That's but some yeah, tough schooling right there. I, it was. It really was. I, I, it was ridiculous with the first year of yeah. schooling, all the, all the classes I had, for sure. Man, you know, going back to 2008, that's when you started your business, correct? That's when we started our business, yes. And, and if I remember correctly, a lot of appraisers, that, I mean, obviously, that was, it was, things were kind of chaos and turmoil back then, wasn't it? It was awful. It was awful. That's when, you know, you were doing anything you could to make ends meet. You were, I, I think I had my insurance license, selling insurance for a while, bartending, you know, waiting tables, whatever it took back then to make ends meet. And then I got married in 2007. And so it was, you know, it was, it was a lot of things going on in, in, in the, 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 during that time. Crazy couple of years then, It, huh? it definitely was, yes. But it turned out, I mean, you're obviously uh, now into this market where we're, we're flourishing. Um What's the process? What do, what do uh, folks have to go through? I know it's very tedious. It's a lot. Uh, it's a lot harder than our what sixty two, sixty three hour uh, real estate course. Yeah, ours is a, ours is a blank compared to what you guys got to go through. Yeah, yeah. tell tell us how the process. So it's a good question. Um, 
I get asked that question a lot. Um, and, and I'm going to answer it the best of my ability because it changes. And so I think I, you know, this is based on what I know it to be right now, but you have to take, I believe a hundred hours, uh, a course just to be an apprentice. Mm-hmm. And so once you get that, uh, apprenticeship license, I guess, then you need to, um, be an apprentice under uh, somebody that's state certified or a state certified general appraiser like myself, or I'm, I'm state certified uh, residential, but then you need 300 appraisals within a three year period and 3000 hours logged Oof. underneath wow. that person. Yeah. And I don't know if you still do. I think they've, I think they've loosened the requirement, but you used to have to have a four year degree as well. Oh, wow. So as, as an apprentice, do you, do you, are you able to go on your own? to do appraisals or do you, you have to go with them every time? No, as an apprentice, you have, you, you have to have a supervisor sign off on an appraisal and the lender or whoever is engaging you, uh, the client, whoever's engaging you for the appraisal has to go through a supervisor. They can't go through a trainee. So wow. the trainee, uh, the work has to go through a supervisor. And you said that was a bachelor's degree that you had to have for it too. I, they may have loosened it because yeah. there was, they needed appraisers, obviously, yeah. and, and the average age, and this is, uh, I heard this a few years ago, so I don't know if it's changed, but it's probably, I don't think it has, but the average age of a state certified appraiser in the state of Florida is 61 years old. Whoa. Holy moly. Yeah. Well, you're, because you have to go through a hundred years of schooling. <laughs> <laughs> no, they make it super difficult. I mean, it's good yeah. job security, obviously. Um, but at the same time, I mean, we could use a few more appraisers. Yeah, it's a very important job. I mean, I'm glad they, I wish they made real estate the same way, not 63 hours and 400 bucks to get your real estate license. I've heard that many a times as well, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I wasn't very good in school, Rick. <laughs> I know, but there's ways of passing tests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, fast forward now to this this crazy market that we're, we're in. Um, what... What has changed in the last year to, to what's happening now? I hear that appraisers are backed up now three to four weeks. Yeah, that's uh, anytime I get an appraisal offer now, um, it's a minimum of two weeks. It's almost three weeks. I'm out now. And that's just, I mean, based on the maximum amount of appraisals I can get done per day, uh, you know, for, for the next two weeks. What's an average day like for you? Average day? Um, Look at four properties, type two appraisals up. Um, I've got my father as an appraiser. Um, he's been an appraiser about as long as I have. Um, I'm lucky and blessed to have him at home typing appraisals uh, for me as well. Um, you know, I, I look at all the appraisals that he types up, but uh, I'm, I'm, I max out at about four a day, and that's a lot. That's wow. a lot of paperwork. So what was so so going back to to when we had the market crash. Um, what differences do you see when it comes to like the appraisals or what you have to do versus our not crash, but our pandemic? What's the differences that you see? Um, ironically, ever since the pandemic happened um, there, it's just the opposite of a crash. It's, I mean, you've seen it. Everybody from these big cities, the Northeast, Chicago, California, they, mm-hmm. they all want to be here uh, for the pandemic. I, and I, I think it has to do a lot of us being open uh, and the opportunity here. And yeah. then, you know, if you think about it, and this is what people tell me, especially from California, you know, our prices are still well below California, Cape Cod, uh, right. Boston, you know, waterfront areas in those, those areas, you know, Lakeshore Drive, Chicago. Yep. I mean, we're still well below those prices and people know that. And a lot less than taxes as well. There you go. And yes. I just read an article um, from, from the Realtors Association um, that said exactly that. They were talking about they were talking about Naples and 
how Naples is a luxury market, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Well, compared to all the other luxury markets around the country, Naples is at the bottom yep. of, of affordability. It's way more affordable than places like Laguna Beach and, and crazy expensive places. So um, I've had the question asked me all the time, do you think prices are going to go down? Do you think we're going to see a crash? And, and after reading that article, now in my opinion, I always thought, you know, when the, when the interest rates are going up, of course, prices are coming down. That's that's pretty normal. But then I, after reading that article, I started thinking, wow, maybe Naples, Collier County, won't go down because it's finally caught up to where all the other luxury markets are. And that's, that's I in my opinion, I agree with you 100%. I mean, that's what I hear as well. That's what I've been reading as well. Um, I mean, my I have a cousin out in California, and she's not dying. She really wants to get to Naples. She, <clears throat> she has family down here, and... Uh, you know, I, I'm, she's looking for properties on the water. She wants to be on the water. And so I'm looking on, you know, she's looking and she'll look at a property and I'll look at it for her. And as an appraiser, I'm like, geez, you know, this is <laughs> overpriced. You don't want to pay this. And then she's saying, you know, but waterfront anywhere near where she's at in Southern California is so much higher than what she can get it for here. Mm-hmm. She thinks it's a good deal. Right. Yeah. And I can only imagine like people coming from, you know, I, I just looked right now, um, and the three biggest cities of people are moving down is New York, Boston, and Chicago. Those I believe are three it. biggest cities coming down here. So if you think about it, six hundred thousand up in New York, you're getting a what? A nine hundred square foot loft. Down here, six hundred thousand, you can have a nice house out in the estates with some land. Absolutely. Yeah, people are dying to get here. I've got Pennsylvania uh, buyers coming in uh, tomorrow. Actually, that they, they just can't get out soon enough. Yeah, <laughs> they're ready to uh, to buy. So it's, I mean, it's coming from it's coming from all over. But yeah, I mean, those obviously are the three the three big ones. Um, but yeah, you can't you can't beat Southwest Florida at the moment. We're we're uh, Freedom Town, USA down here, right? Yeah, as Patrick Dearborn <laughs> likes to say, yep. It's a good way to put it. So um, in this comp- competitive market, I'm, I'm hearing all kinds of stuff. Back in, uh, I guess it was uh, April, they were saying, you know, things were appraising um, good because obviously we're getting a lot of overpriced uh, offers. A lot of them are getting beat out via cash, etc. cetera. Um, and then just as of recently, I've heard that uh, appraisers are drawing back because they remember what happened in 07 and 08 inflating the market and, and a lot of them gotten gotten to a lot of trouble um i just heard this one recently which is they're not even going off of cash comps is this is this something that you're hearing or no not no, what I, I don't i've never heard that before i mean a cash comp is a comp i mean i don't care how they're gonna finance it or pay for it i mean a sale is a sale and that's the market um especially if everybody's paying cash. I mean, why would, why would that not represent the market? You know? Right. I, I, yeah. we just, I, we've heard rumors and we were saying the same thing. Like really when that's, that, a, that's a crazy tactic. No, that would make no sense. I mean, why would you exclude a certain type of, you know, payment or a certain type of financing in your, yeah. in your search for comps? I mean, a sales, a sale to me, I mean, unless it's a totally bogus sale and it's not arm's length, you know, yeah. that's, that's one thing, but the, the, these are arm's length cash transactions. Why wouldn't they be indicative of the market? And that's what that's what I was thinking too. So so next year, twenty twenty two, when appraisers are looking back at twenty twenty one, some things that appraise they're, they're going to be high. So that, and that's why I say, in my opinion, I don't think prices are going to go down because they're going to they're not going to go off. You guys are not going to go off two thousand nineteen, two thousand eighteen appraisals, right? You're going to go off the most recent you can possibly pull. Especially in this increasing market, we have got to use the most recent sales available. And mm-hmm. if there aren't recent sales available, your good appraiser should be making time adjustments to make, you know, to adjust there for. 
Absolutely. You got to make up for the difference. I mean, if you're going to use a 2019 comp, you've got to figure out what the market increase differences since then and then adjust accordingly yeah that's that's the t- i think that's the toughest part for appraisers right now is each appraiser they 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 have their own idea of how they want to adjust it absolutely and you know there's only so much we can do our hands are tied to close sales so you know we, there's only so only so much we can use as far in in our appraisal to find out what the market value is we can only go by what is already sold you know even though the pendings are $80,000 higher than all the closed sales that happened recently. You know, we can do, we can only do so much as an, as an appraiser. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the most frustrating things you see with, with agents um, that, that bother you when, is it, is it if a, a, a scheduled appraisal um, comes up and then the agent pushes that back or asks to push it back? Is it, is there something there that perturbs you that agents uh, do? Hmm. It's a good question. Um, I think Honestly, and, and, and it's just maybe, and it's just lack of a better word to use, but maybe ignorance. Just, you know, if I don't like it when an agent thinks they know more than they do. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, I mean, and and I, there's a lot of awesome agents out there, and there's a lot of not as awesome agents out there. And um, I guess as an appraiser, it gets frustrating when an, an agent will call me up and try to tell me how to do my job or tell me what the market's doing or tell you know, tell me I'm doing something wrong when, I don't know, they've been in the business for a month and a half or something. It, it just happened, you know, and, 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 and they're, and they're probably very, very, very intelligent people, but they just don't know real estate or real estate market as, as you know. And obviously mm-hmm. haven't gone through the training and the license, you know, requirements that, that you have or to go experience, through. Or yes. experience. Yeah. I mean, look, are you coming up on, you, you've been, what is it, 12, 12 years? Something like that. I'm terrible with math. Well, I've been doing appraising since 2004. Oh, wow. Because I was an apprentice for four yeah, years. That's yeah, right. So I've been doing I it for <laughs> coming up on 18 years now. Holy moly. I know. Now, <laughs> what would you say would be like the, the proper way for an agent, um, if they disagree with your appraisal, what would be the proper way of contacting you and asking you about that appraisal? Instead of calling you up saying, I, I think you did it wrong and you, you're trying to screw this deal up and all kinds of stuff. No, that's a good question. You know, I'm only human, okay? And, mm-hmm. and, I've been doing this for a while. I've been in, I mean, I've done all of Collier and Lee County since 2004. So I've, I think I've been everywhere, but you know what? Uh, a particular agent is the expert for that particular area, that particular market area sometimes. So, you know what? I'm only, I'm only human. I do miss things. My search criteria when I do an appraisal might leave something out that, uh, that, that, that quote unquote real estate expert of that area, you know, wants me to use or something. So the proper way to do it is I would give a phone call to the appraiser be very amicable, amicable, amicable about it. Be very factual about it. Don't be opinionated. Uh, you know, this is a sale that you missed. Um, is there any way you'd be able to incorporate this into your appraisal? And I think this would adjust or this would alter the appraisal price or this would raise the, it's usually raise, obviously, raise the appraisal value if you use this comp. Okay, yes, I missed that comp. Uh, you know, and then the appraiser can do one of two things. Yes, I can use this comp and I could, you know, it, 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 it will alter the appraisal or yes, this or no, this comp is not going to change anything whatsoever. Or you know what? This comp makes no sense. I'm not going to use it. I don't know what you're talking about. That kind of thing. Mm. Um, all three of those things happen in myself as an appraiser. And I think any good appraiser would acknowledge what this person's saying. You know, don't write them off right, you know, what, uh, right away. And if it is a bad comp, I'm going to explain why I wouldn't use it. You know, be... Be factual if you're going to come up to an appraiser and, and, and disagree with their appraisal. And then the proper way to, um, to, to handle it is, especially if it's going through a lender, um, it's called a rebuttal. And if you disagree with the appraisal, you go back to the lender or to that 
selling agent or realtor, and then you say, hey, look, um, uh, this, this, this appraiser missed this, they missed this, they, they missed this, and, or they missed this sale, they missed this sale. And then you go back to the lender and you provide this information to them. And then the lender sends that rebuttal to the appraiser and says, hey, so-and-so thinks that this sale should have been used or so-and-so thinks that this adjustment was not as uh, where it should have been or this uh, adjustment doesn't belong or whatever it is that would be a factual, not opinionated type of thing, you know, um, that would that would be valid to change that appraisal. And then it comes back to the appraiser and I look at it, you know, I'll look at it. And yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll see a sale that I, maybe I missed or a sale that I, you know, I could include and, you know, and, and then I'll do whatever I can for the appraisal to make sense. I mean, if that sale or that adjustment, if, if they're right in their rebuttal, if they're correct, then myself as a good appraiser, I should make the changes. Mm-hmm. I'm only human. I'm not perfect. <laughs> now, is there a certain amount of, of comps that you use in your appraisal? Like, is there like a guideline, like five or six or... What's so, the number you like? So lenders require a minimum of three. Okay. Um, most lenders require a minimum of at least one pending or active listing. Um, I like generally, a wild card. Yeah. Or you know what? We put the we put the active listings and the pendings in to show a trend. Okay. All right. That's the that's the that's the biggest reason why we I think the lenders required it. You know, obviously if the uh, the active listings and pendings are below the appraised value, then the trend is downward. But, you know, obviously we know what the market's doing now. Most of your pendings and listings are considerably higher than, mm-hmm. and then it, I'll tell you what, it's super, super difficult right now to find listings and pendings and put into an appraisal. Cause like you said earlier, there's, there's no inventory. Yeah. So it's a requirement to put the listing or pending sale into the, into the appraisal. But a lot of times they're not as comparable as the closed sales. Cause you're, you're, you're broadening, your search in order to find that, that, that listing yeah. just to, just to meet the requirement. Does it help out when, um, cause I've done this before and I've always wondered if I've pissed off an appraiser or not. Does it help when an agent shows up to the appraisal and in and, and a nice folder says here, here's some comps that I've already ran with, with coffee and donuts. Yes. Yeah. Does, does this, <laughs> you know, just cause I've done it before where I've, I've showed up where an appraisal where I'm like, ah oh, man, this one's going to be iffy. I don't, it, it's right on the borderline. And I've showed up with, with, the best comps I can find in a nice folder. And I said, here, I don't want to bother you. Um, but here's, here's the, here's the comps that I've ran. I don't know if this will help. Um, you have a great day. And then I left. I don't know if that, that's like a dick move or not. No, that's the perfect way to do it. Actually. You know what? Don't bother us too much. Let her do our job. But at the same time as a good appraiser and, and you know what? Every appraiser is different. And, um, you know, some are more, you know, quote unquote old school and some are, you know, you know, more new school, I guess, for lack of better words. But as a good appraiser, why wouldn't you take in or acquire as much information as you could, whether you're going to use it or not, but you, Mm. you know, you as the real estate agent, if I'm at that particular property, you are considered to be the real estate expert of that area. Okay. You went through your homework to pick out those comps. Why would I not at least acknowledge them, take in, soak in as much information as I could take in as much data as I could, and then form my opinion of value based on, you know, after that. Because mm-hmm. then, you know, that would avoid maybe that one comp that I could miss, you know, by, by, by just, you know, not doing the same site search criteria that the, that the agent would, would use. But I mean, as a good appraiser, you gotta, you gotta take in all you can you use as much information as you can to develop an opinion of value. Why would you exclude any kind of data? Yeah. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Cause I've done, I've done it a bunch of times and there was one appraiser I gave it to and I thought he wanted to punch me in the face and some are like that. There was another one I gave it to and they gave me a hug and I was like, oh, I'm going to do this way more now. 
No, I don't. I don't. I don't know why an appraiser wouldn't wouldn't take you know just yeah. just take in all the information they could they they could acquire. Okay, yeah, that's a good question because I tell agents too, but now now I'll make sure I tell them you know. But like you said, I've seen some appraisers say, you know what, don't give me anything. I'm going to do whatever I I, I want to do on this thing, and yeah. you know I don't want anything from you, kind of thing. There's, yeah. there's there's both there's both types of people. So I ha- I have a couple questions for you, um, just to. to we have a lot of new agents that listen to us. What What is the difference between an appraisal and a, and a comp? And then what also do you see most agents uh, mistaking for um, something that would be great in a, in a comp and would come up in appraisal that doesn't? Repeat that again. What's the difference between an appraisal and a comp? Yeah, it basically like a, a, a compare, compared analysis. A CMA type thing yeah, you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean... Uh... An appraisal is done by an appraiser, and a CMA is typically done by a realtor. Um, both, uh, and I'm not as familiar with CMAs only because I've really never done them before, but mm-hmm. I've seen them before. They are very similar. Um, you know, CMAs also, you know, have the adjustments in them. They have the comparables in them. Uh, I think, honestly, um, I think the biggest difference is that an appraisal is just prepared by an appraiser, and a CMA is prepared by a, a real estate agent. Do you see a lot of agents... Um, adding something in they think that might be an important factor that that typically isn't in an appraisal in, in a cma you mean yeah ah i mean yes if it doesn't pertain to the market and there's and, and, and you can't find a market value difference for that 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 item that they're adjusting for then then yes but i mean i very rarely look at a cma to be honest with you yeah very rarely i mean they'll hand me comps you know realtors will hand me comps but very rarely they hand me a cma gotcha okay I think that's um, more prepared for the seller, right? Yeah. Yeah, t- yeah mostly. T- typically, but you'll have a lot of agents that don't necessarily know what they're doing or they use a lot of the automated services okay. to kind of pick that kind of stuff up. Like uh, there's um, uh, NARRPR um, does one, but it picks out comps and okay. they might confuse some of that stuff, um, you know, with the because it's automatically done for you. Right. You know, I mean, I, they can go in and manually change things, but I think a lot of the times they just... You know more about that than I do, I guess, just because I'm, I'm not in the field as much as you guys are right. with this. But um, yeah, I can see that happening for sure. Let's let's talk about some of your crazy stuff. I know you've seen some crazy stuff on appraisals. Have there been appraisals where you've you've walked up to the house and you're like, "Holy shit! This does this even? Should I even do an appraisal on this?" I've seen everything. <laughs> I mean, everything in the last 17, 18 years. Okay, so. There's one question that I ask every single time I go into a house with people in it. And I say, is there anybody sleeping or showering anywhere currently? (laughs) And I get the funniest looks. And there's a reason why I ask that question. Because if you don't ask that question, and I tell people, hey, I'm going to go through every room and take notes and photos real quick. They won't tell you that somebody's sleeping or showering sometimes. And so, yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've seen it all. I've seen, uh, (laughs) you know, you walk into a bedroom and you, you know, People unclothed. Um, I've gone into, okay, here's a good one. You, you're supposed to be vacant on a super key box. And so you knock on the door a couple of times, nothing. Use your key box, go inside. You're doing, you know, you're taking my notes and photos. It's a two-story home. So I'm downstairs for a good five, 10 minutes, go upstairs, and there's a shower running. Well, the agent didn't tell me there was anybody at the house, but you know what? I guess the seller decided to come home for the week or whatever. And you got to hightail it out of there. I mean, that, that's, 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 that's freaky stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> lock, the, lock it back up, put the key box back on, call the realtor. Hey, <laughs> by the way, there's somebody here showering. What, 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 what other stories you got? Like, do you, have you ever walked into a house and then all of a sudden there's like an, like a, like a rodent or like an animal in there where you're like, Whoa, this should not be in here. Okay. So I've been, I, 
I've been doing this since 2004. So I went through the quote unquote foreclosure era, I guess you could call it, where there were a lot of vacant properties that weren't lived in for a couple of years. And, you know, you'd go out to certain market areas that were, you know, kind of run down a little bit, I guess, for lack of better words. And you'd open the door and there's no cabinets, no appliances. There's holes on every wall. And I've seen snakes inside houses. I've seen a, a snake inside houses. Definitely rodents. Uh, grow houses. Those are pretty interesting. Oh, wow. <laughs> Marijuana <laughs> grow houses. Yeah, those are really cool. Um, Does the value go up? <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how they function, I guess. I don't know. No, that's pretty crazy. There's one time there was a grow house. Um, this is a long time ago in Lehigh Acres. Oh, that sounds right. And we, get, we, we, we got the warning that, you know, it was a grow house. And uh, my business partner and I went out there. This is years ago, obviously. And then uh, they had... a. Uh, a lighting and fertilizing system all through like, air, like, like um, all through the house from the ceiling that would like, you know, water the plants and lights all from the ceiling through the entire house, garage included. And then it had a swimming pool and all of the siding on the swimming pool was gone. And so we asked the realtor, what was the deal with the pool? Cause I mean, you've got to assess the situation and you, we're, we're trying to put a value on this grow house and, you know, cost to, to repair and everything cost to cure all these items. And the realtor said that uh, these smart people were using the pool. They poured the fertilizer into the pool, and then they pumped everything into the ceiling and watered these plants via the pool. Fertilizer. Holy, what a genius. <laughs> no, another funny thing you see here, you, you ask for funny stories. Um, and I get this one, I don't want to say quite often, but this is one that you get. Um, you know, you knock on the door, and the homeowner that's trying to sell their house or get a refinance and get the highest value, of course, possible, they'll tell you, you know, I didn't have time to clean. Mm. ever <laughs> you know i mean have you ever clean it's it's, it's you know it, you get these kind of stories i've seen hoarders oh, I was oh, straight up. up hoarders i was in cape coral one time and same thing the lady answered the door said i didn't have time to clean and you walk through the front door and there were boxes all the way up to the ceiling all the way through the whole house there were tunnels and i'm trying to make out which room's what and so you're going through a tunnel you look left there's i guess a dining room and you go back to the next tunnel I think that's a bedroom. You know, it, it, it's crazy. It's oh, crazy. Can you that. even appraise that? Yeah, because that's considered all personal property. Mm. You, we have to. We we have to consider that. You know, uh, 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 an empty house. We, you know, we have to try to look. We have to try to imagine these homes empty, which mm. is kind of hard. Obviously, hard to do when there's. Now, have you ever have you ever walked in uh, um, while you're doing an appraisal and you said, "Okay, is there anybody in here?" And then you walk into a bedroom and people are hooking up. Well, that one I was telling you about, um, not, I think they had, I think they had hooked up. Let's put it that way. Uh, you it, smelt it in the air. Well, <laughs> well it, it was two probably college aged, uh, students or children or kids or whatever you want to call it that were, that were not clothed on, on a bed together. And I just opened the door real quick and whoa, and closed the door and <laughs> kind of moved on with my, uh, my inspection. Now did it appraise higher because of that? <laughs> yeah, of course. No. <laughs> Yeah, I, no, I, but like I said, that did get me to that. That got me started to ask that question: Is anybody sleeping or showering? That is the reason why I ask that yeah. every single time now, for sure. You could probably write a book. You know, I've thought about that. It'd be <laughs> fun. I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of good stuff for sure. Yeah. Just don't have enough time to write it. <laughs> exactly. You'd be at least three weeks out writing it. Yeah, huh? exactly. So you know, um, what uh, what advice would you give to somebody that might be uh, inspi- You know, aspiring to be a, a, an apprentice. Uh, I mean, excuse me, uh, an appraiser. An appraiser. Sure. Um, you almost answered the first part. You go get your apprentice license, do the 100 hours, even if you don't get hooked up with a certified appraiser, a, a supervisor right away, because it is tough. I mean, 
I have people sending me emails. I have people leaving me voice messages sometimes wanting me to train them, but I just don't have the time to train them, I guess, all the time. Yeah. And then I have uh, a, there's a friend there's a there's a friend of the family that I'm that I'm going to start training here pretty soon. But if you want to become an appraiser, get your um, you know do do the first step. Get your apprentice license. Um, you could do it online. I'm sure uh, there's a lot of local real estate uh, schools around here as well. I'm sure you could get it done. But um, get that done. Then reach out to a state certified appraiser. Say, hey, listen, I've got my apprentice license. Uh, I really want to move forward to this. I'm serious about it. Uh, you know, what can I do to train underneath you? Or, you know, how, how is, do you have any time to train me? I'm willing to, you know, go wherever. I'm willing to follow you for a while because it, it's not an easy process to learn. It's, it, it's, it's easy once you get it, I guess, because it's, it's kind of like an art, but, but it does take a while to, to figure out really what you're doing. Especially right now. I, I, tell, I tell people, agents, <laughs> title people, mortgage people all the time that appraisers have the hardest job right now with this market it's crazy it's 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 tough to keep up you know it's tough to keep up and we do whatever we can to keep up but i mean there's only so much we can do yeah you know i mean when people are paying 25 percent above list price what do you do and then a month later it's like 35 yeah I'm, and, and then and if they don't pay that 25 percent over list price there's five people in line with cash in their pocket ready to buy that house so it's it's your you guys' know, job is tough right it's now. It's tough. You know, you, like I said, we do as much as we can do. We make the time adjustments, but, you know, I, you tell everybody it is what it is, and it's not what it is. You know, it, it, you do your best. Yeah. Well, we've been in the, the field for, you know, quite a, some time. What does, uh, you know, what does five years from now look like for Anthony? Good question. Um, let's see. How old are my kids? <laughs> 11 and 9, so five years. we got 16 and 14 I will still be an appraiser. Um, don't know if I want to grow much more. I mean, when you got when I have forty live appraisals right now. Wow. Yeah, wow. I mean that's two weeks. What's that? Five days a week times four. Twenty times two is forty. I have forty live appraisals right now at least, and they all have to go through me because I'm the supervisor. No matter who completes it, they're all through my name. And if I grow more, do I want sixty appraisals under my name at one time? You know what I mean? It's just. It, yeah. it, it's I'm pretty much maxed out right now. Wow, that is a lot. It do, is. Do, do you even get to, to sleep? Or are your numbers running through your head? Like, did I did I miss that one? Well, you know how it is. You know how it is. You know, you wake <laughs> up at 3.30 in the morning, numbers are running through your head. You're thinking about the six appointments you have, the four appraisals you have due. The, then, yeah. you, then you got that brand new agent that's sending you comps at 3 in the morning telling <laughs> yeah. you you did your job wrong. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you did your job wrong. What do I need to do? That's what they asked me. What? You, use this comp that's 13 miles away that's way over uh, the, the price of the sale of the house that we're trying to buy. <laughs> yeah, or use this comp that's golf access, even though the subject's not. <laughs> but it's across the street from the golf access. Exactly. <laughs> well, Anthony, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, we know you've got a, a busy schedule. Otherwise, we'll put you out four weeks then. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we know you've got a tight schedule on this one, and we really appreciate you taking the time to come in. And this is definitely an episode that uh, you know we'll share um, with our listeners, and, and we can also uh, send a lot of our uh, agents um, to this so they can understand what what the process is and seeing it from your your point of view and your perspective is is um, golden I think uh, because we just you guys are too busy um, well, I appreciate it I appreciate <laughs> it and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to I'm happy to share you know whatever information and uh, yeah I'm, 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 I'm happy to help educate anybody I can with the appraisal process because I think it does in the long run make things easier you know 
save, just, save time. Like you said, t- time is money. You can save time. Spe- and I always recommend, I'll, I'll leave you at this, I, I always recommend getting an appraisal done before you list a property. It saves time. It saves time in at the closing table a lot of times. It saves time with uh, pricing. Yeah, I've, I've used you in the past, especially on, on some of the heavier ones, you know, bigger, bigger listing, just to make sure not missing anything. And, you know, I can compare, um, you know, my comps with, with, the, sure. with the appraisal. And it actually works out really well. And it also sets expectations for your sellers, um, exactly. you know, bringing them down. Um, I've recommended you to in the past as well. You know, um, I've had people come to me that say, hey, you know, I, how do I get my seller to, it's not worth this. How do I get my seller to come down from this price? Well, hey. You know, you might, you, you might have to cough up some money, but, you know, it's worth it in the end if it's going to save you the headache and get you in a price point um, that's uh, that's going to sell. The appraisal could be a fresh breath of reality sometimes, for sure. Exactly. And you said the key word right there, education. Yes. Education will save you time it and does. create even more professionalism in your career. Absolutely. So, um, Anthony, thanks again for taking the time. Where can people find you? Can they find you on social media or how do they reach out to you? Um, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty much a recluse when it comes to social media. I have a Facebook account, but, uh, I let my wife do all the, uh, all the, all the stuff with, with that. I mean, I, I'll check birthdays and that kind of stuff, but, um, I, you know what, it, just reach out to I me, mean, cell phone, leave me or leave me a, leave me a, an email or something. I'll get back to you. Gotcha. I would say an email is probably the best way. Cause I will definitely have a concrete way of getting back to you. If you leave me a voice message, sometimes I'll get so many voice messages that I'll just forget. Yeah, to get back on a thing. I know it's sad, but true. What's a good email for you? My first name, Anthony, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y. My middle initial, G as in Gregory. My last name is Heinz, H-E-I-N-T-Z at Gmail. So it's AnthonyGHeinz at gmail.com. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks again, man. We greatly appreciate you and good luck out there. Stay busy and, you know. Um, rack it up well get well the getting's good yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely you guys too thanks a lot <laughs> yep. take care did you find this podcast informative and helpful if so don't forget to show support subscribe like follow and share have any feedback don't forget to leave a comment would you like to inquire about sponsorship and or more about being a guest on our podcast maybe you have someone in mind you'd like us to interview Maybe you have a topic regarding real estate you'd like to learn more about? Find us on social media and or shoot us an email explaining who, what, why, and when at doorsopenconnect at gmail.com. And in full disclosure, the Doors Open Connect podcast is intended to bring value and be informative to our listeners and is generally an organic, unscripted, open discussion. The opinions and or experiences of our guests are not necessarily shared in their entirety by our hosts. Thank you again to all of our listeners and supporters.